Welcome to Coffee and Onesies. I'm Nikki. And I'm Chelsea. Today we'll be talking about all things Harry Potter due to a recent movie marathon we did. So what better way to wrap up that movie marathon than with some Q&As? So put your onesie hoodie on and grab your warm cup of coffee because we are about to dive in. So I feel like Harry Potter is one of those series that I could never get tired of watching, even though that that literally took us two days to complete. I could, well, I mean, we could have finished it in a day, but if we wanted to consider actually getting sleep, we spent (laughs) out over two days. But I feel like it's one of those that I'm already ready to watch it again. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think for me, because I know you've watched Fantastic Beasts. But for me, I definitely want to do another one. And I know we've talked about this, about Fantastic Beasts. Mm -hmm. So I, well, we definitely have to watch those. So I think those will be the next ones we tackle. But Harry Potter is just so magical. It like, oh my goodness, just every single time you watch it is Mm -hmm. you pick out something new, you start smiling about something new, or you just like take a different story along with you even though it's the same movie but you take something else with you yeah no no no. I totally agree I love Fantastic Beasts and the third one just came out Secrets of Dumbledore I I think I just really maybe I'm biased but I love like the wizarding world so any I feel like if there were other movies that continued to build on the storyline I will always be here for the party <laughs> oh yeah I feel like even having well, you having worked at Universal and me working there, I feel like even going there or like looking at the movies, I always think of Universal too because it's like they did such an amazing job in both um, both of their parks. And I feel like it's just so crazy seeing the movies and seeing how identical they portrayed everything. Oh, yeah. Um but it's just it's just so beautiful. And J.K. Rowling did such an amazing job. And I always think of that. And I'm like, how did she just, like, dream up of all of this? And, like, each one of these characters and each one of their stories. And it's just incredible. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. <clears throat> and uh, sorry about that. Um, the craftsmanship that went into each of those parks, like, I could not agree more. It's so funny. It's like, I didn't, I didn't read the books, but it's also, you know, reading when I was younger didn't interest me as much. And I'm getting back into that. But watching the movies and really seeing that made me feel like that kid when I first was watching it, how badly I was envisioning, envisioning myself being there. Like, oh, I'm going to go to Hogwarts or, or I'm walking down Diagon Alley. And um, it's just, it's so crazy. So when I walked into those parks, like when they first opened them, I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like I was literally transported into a completely different world. And it checked all the boxes of my kid imagination of when I first watched these movies of how desperately I was like, can I just, is this a real place? Could I, can I, are we wizards? Are, am I a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, does this, please tell me this really exists. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's so crazy looking back because the first time I ever read Harry Potter, I don't know if this is when it came out. It it might have been. But the first time I ever read Sorcerer's Stone, I was in sixth grade. And I remember my school and I was in the library. I was actually 
skipping class because I was getting bullied in this one class. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the library. So I remember um, I acted like I had a free period and I was reading a book and the book I picked up was uh, Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone. And I remember I was just like so intrigued by it because of like, I hadn't read anything like that before. And it was like the magical world. And um, obviously just like the first character we meet, which is Harry and his story and everything that goes along with it. But when was the first time you saw Harry Potter? I'm trying to remember when was the first, when did the first one hit come out? I remember we had it on VHS, like, Mm -hmm. um, and my mom still has like all of those movies. She has a massive collection. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, I don't remember seeing it in the movie theater, but maybe we did. Maybe I just, I'm not remembering it, but I do remember, you know, having those movies on the shelf on our like VHS um, bookshelf and watching them. I, I feel like I would have had to have been around Harry's age. Like they're they're characters because I mean when I'm looking at the actors today they actually are the same age as us if not maybe a few years older. Um, so I'm trying to remember when was that middle school sixth grade? Yeah, I would say something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and I was hooked ever since. I I love those movies. I they're the movies that I was always looking forward to and I also was so sad when the last one happened. Like I was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm not mm-hmm. at all ready for this to be over." Like I but I lean towards that. I've always leaned towards like that more of a fantasy um genre in in movies. I think it's just like, you know, well growing up and being an entertainment entertainer at heart. I leaned towards those things like worlds that maybe they didn't exist, but in a sense almost distracted me from the world that we were living in that can often be so chaotic. So it was kind of escape when I watched those or like all the Disney movies and those towns with magical beings. And um, I don't know. And I think that that's just definitely what attracted me to it. But No, I I definitely agree. I feel like there's just so much that you take out of those movies and it leaves you feeling just so much happier, leaves you feeling, I don't know, it gives you a different even perspective in your own life, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. But we have some questions and I'm very excited to see our answers for these. The first one being... Which house do you belong to? Either Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin? Ooh, so before I took the quiz, because I remember we both like took a fresh quiz even before our marathon. So before Mm -hmm. I took the quiz, I feel like I always identified with Gryffindor. Like I just felt like the house and what it represented, it just screamed all of me. But when I took the quiz, it came up with like Gryffindor at my top, like a small percentage of Hufflepuff. And then I had like a very, very tiny inkling of Slytherin. And I was like, man, is this like my evil side? (laughs) But I led with Gryffindor, which is like where I, I definitely felt that I, that, that I went there. But how about you? 
Yeah, for me, every time that I've taken it, it's always been Gryffindor. Um, and then I always get either 50-50 of either Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. It'll be like the second wing, right? Like Hufflepuff or it'll be second one, Ra- Ravenclaw. Which mm-hmm. Ravenclaw is like, they are very studious and they like to read and they like to do that kind of stuff. But Hufflepuffs are also like very like... um acts of service kind of people and they like to like help and all that and then slytherins are more just yeah do things for my own like i like cutthroat in that sense but um but they're more like leading but not so much as gryffindor which is like teamwork Mm -hmm. um so i've always thought all of them have been like super interesting and when I was younger, anytime anyone was like, I'm a Slytherin, I was like, you're evil. <laughs> then I was like, no, every house does have like a lot of amazing um, things to them. Just because also working at Universal, everybody's like very much so with their houses, like I am Hufflepuff and <laughs> like you won't move me from this or I am Slytherin. Um, but yeah, I've always been Gryffindor and I definitely identify with Gryffindor, but I also identify with Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw too, in the sense of like the things they stand for, but I definitely always gravitate toward Gryffindor. Mm. Good one. Good one. Okay. So the next question, and this goes into the Deathly Hollow, um, which Deathly Hollow would you choose? So the Elder Wand, which will make you invincible. The Resurrection Stone, which can return a last a lost loved one, the or the Invisibility Cloak, which can protect you from death. Yeah, so I'd probably choose the Invisibility Cloak so I can put it on and take a nap without anybody <laughs> bothering me. No, um, I would choose the Invisibility Cloak just because I feel like it'd be so cool to just like imagine going grocery shopping and you're just like swooshing through not having to worry about anyone like bothering you or imagine just like getting to do things and like I don't know I feel like especially with your families it's sometimes it's hard to get like that alone time or like that self-care time so just putting on that invisibility cloak you take a little (laughs) candle and book under there boom no one sees you but um I feel all of them are just so cool but I feel like the Elder One is, like, so much responsibility. And then the Resurrection Stone is amazing. But then seeing, like, in the story how the guy's wife was, like, dwindling away and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that always stuck with me. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. But mm-hmm. um, they each have so many, like, amazing things to them. But how about you? Yeah, I feel like it's always – it's hard, right? It's, like, all three of these can come with, like – you know, great power. Um, I'm like channeling Marvel, great power with great power responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they also will each have like their own, you know, their own consequences of when you're dabbling into such significant power. Um, So this one is, this one was a hard one, right? Like I, I feel like, you know, when you look at loved ones that are lost, like, you know, being able to bring someone back to life just to have a little bit more time with them. Like, you know, but also then you, then I like pause. I was like, but how could you even choose? Like I loved so many of my loved ones who are no longer here with me and I would do anything to have like a 
an hour like with them so I was like well I don't think that I could just choose just could choose one person um the elder one is kind of scary right like the idea of invincible it's it's good but why does anybody need that amount of power so then I was like I was kind of like with you I was like well the invisibility cloak that kind of seems like the less of a gamble you know Mm -hmm. I I don't feel like I'm taking something like I don't know I guess I'm not playing with too much fire by choosing that one so I would say that I would relate in that sense that when I was like going through like my (laughs) my cross-examination of like which (laughs) okay I feel like I would choose that one as well yeah yeah but they both they all have definitely like a lot of appealing things about them but um yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the next one okay so when I'm writing this one there was like a lot of debate around this topic from when I was like researching like what are really good questions so who in your opinion is more evil Voldemort or Dolores Umbridge and I like share some feelings about Dolores Umbridge man (laughs) It's hard because, I mean, now us having this debate does not in any way condemn like what one did is worse than the other. I feel like they both are evil in their own ways, but I don't know. Where does your mind go with that one? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's both so, like they're both so evil, but like <laughs> Voldemort, obviously he's master of all evil but Dolores is like uh, just anytime I would see her I'd be like oh my gosh I hate you like she was just so huh she tortured kids and yeah she tortured the kids she was just so like vile and like just condescending and just like so evil to everyone and like when she threw out that one teacher in the courtyard and um and she's just like, oh, can you tell me my fortune? She's like, oh, no, you can't. And then I was just like, like, leave her alone. You're so awful. But I feel like, and then Voldemort, obviously, like, he tried to kill Harry when he was a baby. And he killed his parents. And he killed, like, um, Neville's, or she, he didn't kill Neville's. But um, mm-hmm. it's like, he killed so many people. And I remember this one scene that he was like upset about something and it's like all these dead bodies just on the ground and I was like (laughs) oh my gosh like that's so awful and then so I don't know I feel like but Dolores Umbridge oh my gosh yeah and and, but it's also it's like because like all of the death eaters right like while his followers and they each are responsible for their own acts of Mm -hmm. evil I feel like we're very like terrified to you know cross Voldemort like once you that like you're just signing your life away me too like in my opinion it's like I'm still holding each of them accountable in their own ways but I also hold him even accountable for their their like massive collection of death so it's so hard and you know his whole thing is just like he's after power Mm -hmm. be invincible to have people fear him and like so everything there is wrong but then like Dolores I feel like what made me what what made me upset I guess between her over Voldemort is Voldemort immediately established that he's evil he doesn't care 
that is just my way of nature. But Dolores tried to play it off as this like sweet, innocent person, even though she was so beyond like corrupt and like to try to at all, like she was like defending and remember we're in there in like the woods and she was hurting that creature like that was just trying to protect and I was like and they took her off I was like oh my yes yes take her away but it was just I don't know like I think that that's what bothered me most it's like because her like kitten feel filled like porcelain yeah glass plate walls of kittens and her pink 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 decor I have nothing against the pink aesthetic but like she just tried to act like better than you or her pen that when they write it was actually using their blood and then she's like oh something the matter and it's like it was just so awful and then the scene where they take her away that was like so amazing and and Uh harry's just like sorry i must not tell lies and i'm like yes harry it just made me so mad right so it's like if anybody's like something happened to you right and you all you want like you've you don't have this like you have a history of telling lies you just have a history of people not believing you Mm -hmm. they are trying to avoid the truth or maybe not stir stir a mess to make people fearful but I feel like there was every right for him to try to get people to like hey wake up before it's too late and her of this like it's like telling you of like you're not telling the truth Nikki so this is what gets and you're like but I am telling the truth I'm not lying yeah so hard I mean I feel like I can't choose one over the other but I both like I feel like they both can be equally evil in their own their own ways oh yeah no I completely agree on that I feel like it's a draw (laughs) okay next question which death in the series is the most heartbreaking to you there was lots, and I only and I I have like a little list in front of us. I know that you listeners can't mm-hmm. see, but there was a lot of deaths. So I'm just trying to highlight, I guess, like the most impactful ones, and also the deaths that actually took place during the series, not ones that you know maybe happened prior to the story. Yeah, um, I feel like the number one, obviously, Dobby. When Dobby died, I like that wrecked me. I remember reading in the book and I couldn't believe it and I was just like and then see it in the movie I was just like oh it was awful it was awful I remember I was crying so much (laughs) obviously Hedwig when Hedwig died it was just like absolutely awful as well because it's like like Hedwig was always with Harry and Mm -hmm. um the like there was obviously they're all really bad but then the other two that really affected me was when Fred died, I was also like, I read the book. So it's like, when Fred died, I couldn't believe the page. I like could not believe it or accept it. So I remember I reread that page three times. I was like, no, no. And I was just like crying. And, and I was like reading through my tears. And my brother, I remember John walked in. And he's like, what the heck is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm trying to tell him. He's like, no, that didn't happen. I'm like, yes, it did. And so I, I was so emotional. I like, I couldn't believe it because it's like, like, for your, for your best friend to die because it's like you're twins. And with twins, it's like you have that strong bond, that strong connection. And fictional characters or not, it's like Fred and George. And it's like, 
George had been her earlier in the series. And then it's like Fred was there and he was like distraught. And then it's like Fred died. And I was just like, oh, my God. And that like shook the whole Weasley family. And, I, and it was just like awful. And then the mm-hmm. last one, I feel like, again, they're all awful. But um, either. And this one's kind of a tie, like Sirius Black, because he was Harry's godfather. He was like the one family that harry had left and so i feel like when he died like that wrecked harry like that was it and so it was like harry was like i finally got like one family member and when sirius black died it was just kind of like and i lost my one family member. Mm-hmm. It was just like awful but also when snape died like that was just that was just heartbreaking because Um, In the movie, they do give some detail, but in the book, they always give more. And it's like, he was just trying to protect Harry. And you see it from the beginning, even when you, in like the beginning of the movies, you're just like, oh, he's so mean to Harry. But then it's like, you understand it all at the end. You're like, there was a reason for this. But um, yeah, it's just crazy. How about you? (laughs) I feel like apologies in advance for anybody that was hearing my greasy girl making (laughs) sounds in the background just now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there were, I definitely agree with you on, uh, on, there's, it's too hard to choose like the most heartbreaking for me because each of the characters, right? Like they, you form so much meaning and a connection with them in a different way from each other. So I feel like I, I would want none of them to die. Um, but Dobby, yes, Dobby was really hard. Just the history there and, you know, Harry freeing him and protecting his friends. And then like that ends like right when they're going to escape. I, that one was hard. And the scene happened too quick and I didn't want to believe it and how badly he wanted that healing potion just like crushed me. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that one. And I agree with you, Hedwig, like she was just trying to protect and come to him. And that's exactly what gave her and the real Harry away when they were trying to escape. And that crushed me because you just think of like your own animals of like, if your animal was coming to like protect you, uh, Oh my gosh, I get so emotional. Um, Cirrus was really, it was hard for me, right? I really wanted them to kind of have that happy ending with, you know, Harry not having any of his family, like either of his parents and the way that he grew up of just like never having someone like fully love him. So that one was super brutal of like feeling like the one chance that he had of like another father figure being taken from him yeah so that was equally tough and uh, it's yeah they're so hard I mean yeah I was with you and losing a friend Grace it's okay it's all right um Snape it was so it's so interesting because not understanding like Snape um earlier on and his intentions and then further down the storyline kind of like understanding the reason behind all of his things like it made it really hard like when I understood his death because first like not knowing how I felt like why did he do that how dare him like he's portraying he's like uh, he's like doing him so wrong and like I just like I 
yeah, it was like I went through so like a roller coaster, I guess, of emotions and feelings of how I felt about him. And then when I understood it, then I was like, no, but no, 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 don't, don't kill him off. Because <laughs> everything he did was to protect Harry. Yeah. Which is kind of just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so, there's so much. I mean, when I look at all of these you know, in some way, shape, or, you know, all of them were protecting Harry or fighting and standing up for him. Mm -hmm. So it makes it hard. It makes no death easy. And, you know, just like imagining the character, Harry himself, like having to kind of hold that, that all of these people believed in him. And they gave, man, this is a really heavy question, man. (laughs) They gave their life, you know, believing and supporting him. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Well, to go to a a brighter, brighter light. So, of course, Quidditch. If we were to choose our position, so we are on, let's say we are on Gryffindor, which one, which position would you like to play? Seeker? The chaser, a keeper, or a beater. Hmm. Which position would you like to play? I would go for seeker. I think it's mm-hmm. just um, the all of them are competition, right? But I've mm-hmm. always been a very competitive person, and when I think of a seeker, it just makes me think of my childhood of like how I would like try to bet anybody to race. <laughs> I was like, I, I knew that I was fast and I was like, I just was like welcoming it. I'm like, they bring up speed or mm-hmm. a competition. I'm like, you want to race me? <laughs> so it just made, like, I instantly leaned towards that one just because like the thrill of the chase mm-hmm. being faster or more, um, more, um, what's the word that I'm trying to look for? Um, I just, the thought that goes into it, you just have to really outsmart the other snitch. Like, speaker. I don't know. That's the one that I would lean towards. The other ones, like, I get, but that's the one that I would probably want to Mm do. Yeah, I feel like I've always liked either seeker or keeper. Um, I feel like they're both very interesting, especially because, yeah, the seeker, you're getting to chase after it, and it's like that rush of being able to like just obviously go around the whole field or go around the whole stadium and just like seek that Mm -hmm. um but also the keeper um growing up when I played soccer sometimes I'd play forward or I'd sometimes I'd play goalie so I feel like the keeper is that like goalie position of just like blocking Mm so um yeah I feel like either one of those would be fun and then when I think of the other positions, they also sound fun. But then, like, the beater, I'm like, I can't see me, like, hitting someone and not falling off my broomstick. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think they are all a lot of fun. And that would be interesting if it ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. When I'm thinking of the keeper, I'm like, though, uh, see, being the goalie, I remember – we had a soccer team, not good. Soccer was not what Danellen was known for. <laughs> Baseball and football, yes. Soccer, no. Our soccer team was horrendous. And for anybody listening that you were on the Danellen High School soccer team, 
if you were there when I was there, you would not disagree. <laughs> so with this, when we would do soccer, like for PE, yeah, no, no, I did the whole idea of balls flying through this thing and like going to hit me like dodgeball. It just like triggered all these horrible things. <laughs> I was like, no, not for me, not for me, y'all. But thank you. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. Okay, so we all know this mirror first presented itself in the Sorcerer's Stone. So the Mirror of Arised, which is spelled backwards, it's an amazing artifact featured in Sorcerer's Stone that a person gazing into it would be or see their deepest desire vividly manifested. So it says that the mirror would always show things that can never happen, in other words meaningless fantasies or lies I remember when Dumbledore was talking to Harry about this but if you were looking in the mirror what would you see in the mirror hmm I feel like I don't know I feel like I'd like currently I'd see (laughs) myself in a beautiful house and I'd have just like I'd have like those things I'd have like um, I'd be probably in like my home that we would have worked hard to like get finally because getting a home ain't easy. Mm-hmm. But, like I feel like I'd see myself in my home with my family and just like knowing that I have like a career, like my career and that I'd be, yeah, just, I, and even like, you don't need to have like a specific career, just like knowing that I'm happy. And I think, Yeah. And if I have my dream car, that would be a plus. So <laughs> probably all of that. My dream house, dream car. I think that would be fun. But um, I don't know. In seriousness, I think it would just be, yeah, being able to have a gathering with, like, um, my family and, like, like, both of our families. And just, like, sitting out in a garden having dinner or something. Like, having our families together, you know? I think that would be really sweet because it's like it's a big rarity that you're able to get your your family and your partner's families together unless it's like a huge event or something I don't know but I think that would be fun so either one no I well I was going to say something similar but my thing would be my dad never got to meet Luke and Mm. and, um like meeting like my family getting to meet his mom which would be really nice so I feel like having that like ability to have those types of meetings and like coming together which would be like so special and I'm definitely not trying to take this into like a (laughs) a darker place but like yeah I guess like that would mean so much to me um, to be able to have that opportunity, of course, knowing that that's not possible. But um, the other thing, hmm, if I was going to look in there and see something, me on like a humongous anchorage, countryside, no other houses around us, having like everything that I could like imagine I've guessed of like all these animals I've always wanted to have like just be in a place that I have tons of animals and I wouldn't have to ever work I'm totally down for that that's what I would see oh <laughs>
I love that. But um, now I'm like looking at it again. But yeah, it's like it could show so many things, and it's so mm-hmm. interesting. Even in the movie when it showed like Harry's parents, I thought, oh, so sweet. So, what wizarding career would you pursue in the wizarding world, Harry Potter? <sighs> That's hard. I mean, I feel like I would go for uh, an Aurora. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I, that's, I don't know, I feel like that's what I would go for. I mean, I'll definitely shoot to be a minister of magic. It's like the president of the wizarding world. So <laughs> I could go for that. But I don't know. I feel like because the whole thing with the Auroras is like they hunt down dark, dark wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there it's like feeling like you're you're contributing in a positive way and it's equally rewarding while extremely dangerous um I don't know I guess I kind of I feel like I would like that that's one that I would go for yeah I feel like there's so many good ones um I don't know I feel like Obviously, when I was watching the movie, I always loved the... Well, I didn't love the character itself, the journalist. But I always thought it would be cool to, like, write. Um, So I would love to be, like, a writer or I feel like a Hogwarts professor. I would love to be able to, like, help all the different students and teach that kind of magic. Um, And also, if you're a Hogwarts professor, obviously, you're, like, staying on the grounds of the school... And you'd be a part of, like, the balls and, like, the different tournaments and all of that fun stuff. So I feel like that that would be a lot of fun, too. Mm. Yeah, there, it's hard to kind of, like, choose one. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, so many good ones. Okay. So next question, trying to – let's look here. I want to ask, who is your favorite character? had to choose one I feel like I don't know I feel like my favorite character is probably Hermione and the reason for that is and I love Harry but I feel like and there's so many reasons I love Harry but it's definitely like a tie but I think Hermione more just because she had to overcome so much because her parents are half like they're like half and half and so it's like I feel like she had to overcome so much because of that and she is so smart and she is so intellectual um and she is always getting Harry and Ron out of trouble and I feel like she's just like always just ready and prepared and um I don't know. I feel like with reading the books, I always like loved her character and identified with her just because she did love all that studious stuff and she loved being organized and all that. But also she just like truly and genuinely cares about people and she truly and genuinely cares about Ron and Harry and like Ron's family and Harry and him not having a family and it's like that truly like she has such a big heart and I feel like she she's just brilliant and I feel like if they just made a movie about Hermione like that that would be a cool movie (laughs) but um but yeah Hermione is just she's just amazing she's always saving those boys Mm. 
Yeah, so I looked at this. I was like, it's hard. It's because did I want to choose one of the three like golden stars of the the mm-hmm. series or like in the movies? So I decided like while I definitely could choose one of those, I went with like Luna Lovegood. Oh, like, so misunderstood, and she was so intelligent. Yeah. It, I think that I related with her because, like, understanding of, like, I feel like I always was, like, that odd, that oddball with my classmates. Nobody really understood me because I, I don't know, I guess just strange demeanors was mm-hmm. how they described it. But, I mean, who has time to be normal? It's so overrated. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I really, like, I don't know, I met her with that of, like, that weirdness that other people would like see but just just because she was just so deeply understood like Mm -hmm. misunderstood so I really loved her character I don't know she was really funny I mean I totally I she was a ham but she also she didn't care she didn't care what he thought and that's another reason why I loved her so much is just like already feeling like you're the oddball out is one thing and you can definitely take that and go into a really dark place or you could like use it how she did and she was like yeah I'm an oddball out and I love me I don't know yeah so she just like was like la di da di da like <laughs> I have no care in the world so yeah she was definitely I would say it's like because I could choose another but I would say her is the one that I most like related to mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah, I definitely love Luna. I feel like there's so much to her character as well. And even her, like, having experienced loss and having being able to just talk with Harry about that and being able to, like, share in their loss together, um, I think is very important just because she might be odd, but she's always just so oblivious to the fact that she's odd. She's just like, oh, Hi. Or, like, she's always just very optimistic and very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter the situation, even when they were in that dungeon, she was like, oh, that's a peculiar thing to keep in your in your pocket um, <laughs> or in your sock. And so it's like, she's just so, so clever. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely love her, too. All right. Next question. Is there one that's tickling your fancy? Um. So... Um, which one is your favorite story? So which one of the books do you think is your favorite? Or which one stands out the most? Well, I didn't read the book, so I can't really... Of the movies. Which one is favorite? I'm sure that the books might have more information than the movies. Um, that one's hard, because I, I feel like I liked... I really liked a lot of them. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this one's, I feel like this one is just really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, which one? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I loved the Goblin of Fire and, like, the introduction of, like, all the various, like, characters mm-hmm. in the... And like the wizarding world and when they were coming together but there was also it's like that's when that's when Voldemort you know officially took his stance which was you know it was equally like thrilling and heavy but also like super scary mm-hmm. um but then 
I don't know. It's like there's so many elements I like of so many different ones. I really love the Order of the Phoenix, um, especially in that one and him getting a deeper bond with Sirius when we first mm-hmm. introduced in Prisoner of Azkaban, which was also the one that I enjoyed because Voldemort wasn't in there. So it's like it gave me a little break of like having some anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. It's so hard. And then I also, I mean, I love the Half-Blood Prince because that book, I was like, man, if I could stumble across that book, because I remember when Ron and him were fighting over it because it was like the roughest copy in the cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel, I don't know if I could just say one is my favorite. I love so many, like maybe I could. But, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing bad to the other ones. <laughs> How about you? Um, I also am very conflicted on which one's my favorite. Obviously, like, each one has so much that they hold. Um, Sorcerer's Stone, obviously, like, the first book, the first movie. Um, and that one comes with so much wonder because it's like Harry finding out he's a wizard and being introduced to Hogwarts and being introduced to all the characters. And it's still so nice because it's also like he has met Voldemort, but it's like, it's not Voldemort. It's like the back of that dude's Mm -hmm. head. And so it's like, so there's still like that sweetness of like, okay, being introduced to the whole world. Um, Deathly Hollows, I will say like, still to this day like that book has so much hold over me and it's because movie wise they split it into two parts the book is one book and it holds so much so like from the beginning of the book to the end it's like so much happens and then it wraps up beautifully because even though like we lose a lot of people it's like it wraps up beautifully in the sense of like Voldemort's dead Elder One gone like there's all this stuff (laughs) up and they can finally move on and like they can finally start their lives. Um, but there's uh, and then obviously the Goblet of Fire. I love that whole movie with the Yule Ball and the Bobaton and the Durmstrings. And it's like everything that goes on in there. And the same with Order of the Phoenix. But oh, I feel like I don't know. They all have <laughs> such amazing things to them. But definitely even though it's the saddest, Deathly Hollows, I feel like when I was reading that book, it helped me a lot through stuff I was going through. And it's like, it sucked me into that world so fully. And I, I, I might not, okay, I have cried in a lot of books, but it's like in that book, oh my goodness, I cried a lot. Like, a lot of events that took place. Yeah. I mean, in the when I'm looking at the, the movie-wise, like, it's a heavy book it's really heavy good good elements like finally getting to the point that they were trying to get to from the very beginning but dang oh yeah ringer Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so if you had the time turner which was in the prisoner of Azkaban. Hermione Granger was given that um, Dumbledore gave her that. Um, and you could go back in time. What would you change if you could use it once? Mm, in the books? For your. I, 
I would change, well, Dobby getting speared. I feel like that was, if I could change literally anything, it would be for Dobby to live his life out and be a free elf and, like, have saved them. But I feel like it sticks out so hard because I feel like earlier, um, and I remember pointing this out to you, I was like, did you hear that? How, like, Harry gave him the sock and he was like I'm a free elf and he's like okay now promise me don't ever try and save my life again and it's like and that sticks out because it's like then he does save his life again and it costs him his own life and it's like it's so oh my goodness so yes definitely save Dobby yeah like if they could have just I don't know that port could have just closed up a little bit quicker before that knife went through like yeah, no, I totally feel you there. Uh, this one's so, oh, this one's like, yeah, it's just tough because I feel like for me, like I said, there were a lot of deaths that were hard, but, you know, just wanting something, there's so, like a series of just so many unfortunate events for Harry. It's like the cards were just always dealt up against him. So I feel it's like going back into saving Cirrus yeah you know getting him out of there just moving him just just so enough just so he could have that chance to have like that life with Harry and like I remember when Harry was like you could live with me and oh I was like I was like yes finally something good and I know that he has like right it's like with all of your families, right? It's like you have your born into family, but you also have that adopted family of your close friends that are just as important, just as valuable. And honestly, there's, you looked at the surface, there's not one ounce that's different apart that you don't share the same blood. I know that he has so many that love and care for him, but it's just, it's different, right? It's like, there's like that one thing is like, that's all that he was aching for was just, just that, like, someone that could be that fatherly figure that knew his parents so well and you had he held so much love for him uh yeah I just feel like I would that's I would change that one like I just that one was so hard for me I was so upset and then also Neville like poor Neville like just continuously like missing his chance and I remember when he saw Beatrix it's like it's like like you're reliving what she took from him yeah and- I feel like Bellatrix was the most just I remember obviously love the actress but like in the movie I and in the books I was like I hate her like she's mm-hmm. awful she's repulsive and so and, funny so different from her sister yeah and personalities and that was another thing too it's like her sister is like a lot calmer and just like but she's still in her ways Mm-hmm. manipulative ma- manipulative because it's like when they bond each other with the with that bondage with her and Sirius it's mm-hmm. like and so so much but Bellatrix man that chick crazy. like I would give Neville the opportunity of just like finally I mean I, I'm not saying that I'm supporting the revenge okay <laughs> like I'm not just like I don't know I don't know but maybe I am supporting the revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just, it's like, it's like him. It's like also like when you're looking at his storyline, it's like 
he also was so deeply understood, but he just trying so hard to be so brave and courageous all the time. Yeah. And he just found himself in the worst timing of things. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. And it was so sad because it's like a lot of people like showed Harry the like that they felt sorry because Harry is an orphan and he didn't have any family. But Neville was also an orphan and he like, yes, he had his grandma and stuff, but he also was missing his parents because Mm -hmm. of Bellatrix. And so I feel like that was a thing that it would have been really sweet if like maybe Neville and Harry would have like come together because of that and like, um, like been, I don't know, like connected in a sense because of it, because they had something in common with that, but they were friends. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we had to close off then mm-hmm. with one last question. This is, which is the one item you would take, you would like to take with you from the Harry Potter universe? If you had to choose one, mm-hmm. I would want a wand that works. Like, <laughs> let me take a wand and then you're telling me that this really holds power. I'll be fine. Yeah. I won't, I won't tell anybody. I'll just do my own little things, making myself this own little lavish, lavish life, helping other people out. No questions asked. As long as like, yeah, if I had that, I'm good. Yeah, I would agree. I would take a wand. And if for some reason they were like, you can take a wand, then I would take Hermione's bag, the one that like fits so many things. (laughs) And I would put a wand in there. And I would put everything else that I want in that bag. (laughs) But that bag's amazing. It's like she fits so much in that bag. It's like Mary Poppins magical bag, but it's Hermione's bag. Um, But yeah, I would definitely take Hermione's bag. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I would like a broom too, if they tell me that it could fly. Oh, yeah. The hard thing is, like, it's a little bit easier to conceal, like, a quick little spell and do things and, you mm-hmm. know, flying up on a broom. You know, sure. just if I'm looking <laughs> at which one is a little bit more easier to deceive people, that's the one that I would say. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun, and I'm already very excited for our Fantastic Beasts. Little, because I know, well, of course, there's only, well, there's three now, but two to um available to to watch on one of your streaming channels but still again i'm just like ready keep them coming i love them (laughs) so much yes i'm definitely so happy that we did this questionnaire and very excited for our next movie marathon whatever it may be and thank you all for tuning in today and for listening and supporting And please stay tuned for our live next Monday. So mark your calendars and pick out your favorite onesies because it's going to be a night to remember. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coffee and Onesies. And to keep up to date with all things Coffee and Onesies, head on over to Coffee and Onesies podcast on Instagram, turn on those notifications, like a photo, follow us, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for next Monday's live. See you next week.